another episode of the planet fantasy podcast this planet is inhabited with fantasy drafts of our favorite properties and characters fantasy casts of dream movies hunger games award shows and anything else we deem to be a part of our vibe on this planet fantasy rules and i am one of your hosts and binger of the cosmos damon and with me is my better half the soup slut himself kyle how's it going man I would kill for some soup right now. I am battling COVID for the second time in my life. How are you, my friend? I am wishing you well. I hope it goes away very soon. Uh, COVID sucks. I am doing all right. I'm just tired from work and want more money. So, but other than that, I am I'm ready to have me a nice southern homemade meal. I, there's grains cooking in the uh, in the kitchen. Ooh. And some dressing. So I am purple hole peas. I am I'm very ready to to die. So let's get this going. No, um, <laughs> but no. Before we get started, uh, Kyle, what are you? What is your wreck of the week? Oh boy, wreck of the week. Um, this is interesting because this will drop. Like we are recording this a bit early because this is a nostalgia trip, so we got to record two different segments. Um, so when this drops, this will be a bit of old news. But if you have not yet seen the movie, nope, go see it in a theater. Um, you know, if you don't, if you're still not down for seeing movies in theaters, I support you 100%. That's a valid decision. But if you like are okay with going to theaters, make sure Nope is one that you see because it is a theatrical experience for sure. It's a very cinematic movie. It deserves to be seen on a big screen and it's just a really good movie. Um, again, kind of old news, but I watched the movie Cha-Cha Real Smooth on Apple TV. Fucking great movie. Oh man, I loved it. Probably my second or third favorite of the year so far. Nothing has topped everything everywhere. And I don't think anything will this year. Um, But Cha-Cha was awesome. I finally finished The Wire. Again, like, if you're, like, one of the three people on Earth other than Damon and myself who has not watched it, watch The Wire. Season 5 is a bit of a, a, like, a step down from the other four seasons. But it's still a great season. And the finale is fantastic. So watch all that stuff that you've probably already seen. (laughs) Great. Nope. It's second... uh... Week well, I mean, I guess it's going to skip a week. I actually uh, recommended it on the Pixar Effies, and I just going to shout it out again. It's it's too good. You, I definitely recommend seeing it in a theater. Um, my wreck of the week is a movie I watched a week or two ago, actually, and I, I guess I just haven't gotten around to mentioning it. But it's, I mean, the word of mouth on this movie is just grown and grown, and so I finally watched RRR, the uh, Tollywood movie, and it's just one of the most absurd wild rides of a movie I've ever experienced. It is one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, it has music and dance and action and romance and vengeance and redemption. And it's just a truly epic movie. And I, I cannot recommend it enough. So that would be my one wreck of the week. And yeah, have you have you seen that yet, Kyle? I haven't, but since you mentioned it to me, and I think in our group chat, or like you recommended it, I've heard like that was the 
<laughs> that was the like that breaking of the dam because like now everyone has been talking about it. Um, I see it's like three and a half hours long or something like that, so I definitely need to carve out some time. I have time right now, um, but I'm really intrigued. Like I just, it seems like they threw every genre possible into the movie, and I, that that makes me really happy because I love movies that just go for it. Yeah, I mean, and it just blends them so well. Like you really don't know what to expect, and you're like, oh, okay, this is fun, and you're like, oh. Okay, wow, this is, it, it just goes, it, it really just goes for it, and I love it for that. So I definitely watch it. I can't wait to see what you say about it. Um, but with that being said, our producer, Anna H., will be joining us later to tell us her, her thoughts and predictions on a certain little movie that we're going to be talking about. Kyle, why are we here today? da da we're talking about close encounters no just kidding we're talking about jaws <laughs> we are taking a nostalgia trip our first time around the sun was for uh the fifth element which was a lot of fun this time we were talking about yeah a little indie project you may have heard of from the 70s called jaws it was steven spielberg's first real success um came out in i believe 1975 uh, largely considered the very first summer blockbuster, really kind of kicked off that genre, had that record for two years. And then, of course, George, George Lucas came around with his uh, his little student film. Um, but, I mean, the, the importance of Jaws, I think, cannot be overstated. With the first episode we did, Fifth Element is definitely a cult classic and has its cult following. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't at least have something positive to say about Jaws. Like, it's just one of those things that it, it is critically acclaimed it is um if you're looking at like the rotten tomatoes both the audience score and the <laughs> tomato meter are, are all the way up not that those matter at all but like i'm just saying across the audience critics audience general audience whatever everyone seems to love this movie i obviously love it i know damon loves it but we both have not seen it in i, I think you said like 10 12 years before we started recording that's wild because it's probably I, been i yeah. can't remember i honestly cannot remember how long it's been so. It's been a yeah, it's been a very long time. Perfect candidate for this um, series. Uh, yeah. So let's just get into like just some general thoughts. It's a very well-known movie, so uh, it's going to be fun trying to figure out what I remember from actually watching the movie and just like cultural references, you know, like wh whether it's a memory I have from a scene or just a, like a reference that I'm citing like I'm Abed and community. Uh, so, Damon, what are some of your general thoughts on, on Jaws? Well, it's it's a movie that you had to watch growing up and like it was only a matter of time and if you if you were interested in anything as far as what was considered horror or just like big blockbuster type movies you're going to eventually stumble upon it um and i don't can't remember when i first watched it. i'm pretty sure i was pretty young and of course watching something like this young it's just it, it's pretty creepy. It, it it really gets you. Obviously, the opening scene is just, just I, like from what you remember, and that's when you first hear the theme song, which is maybe one of the most iconic of all time, made by our guy. Big big fan of him. You know, John Williams. No big deal. Um, also, maybe one of the most iconic and coolest looking posters for a movie ever. It. It just it's so simple but it, it does the job it just fantastic people still have that on their in their uh, rooms today i as far as what i remember 
It is very little. As I said, I do not uh, remember when I will last watch this. Um, but it was always a fun watch. Um, I remember the fact that you had the big-ass shark that you really didn't see too much because it really didn't look that good. Um, but that really didn't matter. It was all about the uh, the anticipation and the, the tension that was built. And really, this was this movie really created kind of several different subgenres. It gave us that kind of creature in the dark, hidden underwater, that that really you don't see for most of the movie, but you hear it, you know, it's attacking, and it's, it's just behind the corner. And it, it's given us so many other great movies, such as, you know, Alien. Uh, it's, it's, you know, one of the best in that regard. But I just think it's it's a classic for a reason. It did so many new things when it first came out. And otherwise, I remember the scene where, you know, the girl got attacked, <clears throat> the bigger boat, and I remember the uh, jaws attacking him towards the end, you know, biting into the ship. So, <clears throat> excuse me, that's kind of all I remember right now. It's been so long, but I mean, I always remember enjoying it. So, Kyle, what do you think? What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same uh, the same boat. No pun intended. Uh, but it is kind of like it's one of those things where I know this was one of the first movies I watched growing up. Like I, I have very very early childhood memories of this of us owning this on VHS and just watching it on like Saturdays when we didn't have school or whatever. Um, but yeah, like it, I, I'm with you. I watched it at a very young age, and of course now it's not like it's a very like scary movie. But watching it very young and already like as a child, just being generally afraid of the ocean anyway, it it left an effect. I mean, it left a, an impression on me. Like there was a there was a period of time where I was like terrified of of going to the beach and going in the ocean. Um, and a lot of that had to do with with Jaws. And I don't, I know that was a big cultural thing too, right? Like you look at. A lot of big horror movies, um, The Strangers, like a lot of people <laughs> as a reaction to that movie were like locking up their houses and like being installing extra security and stuff like that. There's like these cultural landmarks with these movies or it, you know, a, a fear of something spikes up. And I think Jaws was one with sharks and the beach. Um, like you, I don't remember large plot details. I remember very iconic scenes. Um, like you said, the opening scene is obviously huge i mean just in movies in general that is a perfect way to open the movie with that attack um i think it sets up a rule for i won't even just say horror movies because jaws you could even get away with not calling it a horror movie you could just say it's like a western or a, a summer blockbuster but it sets up a rule for horror movies that i think works really well in that less is more and like the less you see of the big bad monster or whatever, the more effective it is when it does show up. Like you said, we see that with alien. Um, it's done kind of early on with Halloween, but of course the more those movies get on, the more we see of Michael Myers. But in the first movie, he's just called the shape and like we, we don't see much of them and it's terrifying when we do. Um, so I think jaws is like, obviously not, not the first movie to do that, but it does it so effectively we barely see the, the shark. Um, and so when we do, it's, it is a genuinely very scary thing to see. And, and the attacks are, are done really well. Um, I don't remember the cast very well. I remember really liking our main character, you know, chief Brody. Um, I think he's a cool character, but 
other than that, that's kind of what I'm excited about in rewatching it. And like, because I know that a lot of the names are thrown out in like very big references. A lot of people love Richard Dreyfus's character, and and like a lot of scenes involving the the whole crew are like really big movie things that I'm excited to kind of like rediscover. Like you, yeah, it's been a long time since I watched this movie, so I'm I'm really excited about this one. Um, but yeah, it's just one that like I don't. We're kind of I won't say peaking early, but we're we're starting with our second episode, very iconic with like this huge movie. This is such a big movie to start with and so i'm excited about what other ones we're going to cover but for this i'm just i don't know man i'm really excited to see it and watch it and like rediscover how good it is i'm sure like i would hate for it to turn out to be a terrible movie i just don't think that's going to happen um and i'm excited to see what anna like thinks about the movie that's kind of the biggest thing for me because it is such a huge movie and she's never seen it so um yeah i'm i'm excited it's going to be fun uh, did you have any other like thoughts about the movie or characters in general before we bring in our lovely producer Anna H? Um, yeah, okay. So like, let's see. I mean, as far as characters go, I I really only remember like, is it the main character is like the guy in the hat, right? With like the very surely look on his face. Or uh, the hat and the beard would be Richard Dreyfuss's character. I can't. I think it's Quint. Is his name? Is or that Quint? Hopper? One of those two. Or Hooper, well, I don't know. But Chief I, I, Brody is the main character with the glasses. Okay, well, like, the guy who just always looks like, you know, someone pissed in his boots. I remember him. And then uh, Quint, I think, like, the guy who just always looked kind of a little crazed uh, with the big, like, I think the big beard or sideburns. I remember him. Um, those are the two stick out to me, as, of course, along with the shark. Was the shark ever, I mean, you know, I guess we just call him Jaws, which is, a you know, a pretty good name. Well, it's also been given the name Bruce. I think a lot of people call it Bruce as well. Okay, that's right. See, I, I didn't even remember that. Um, and, of course, as far as the scene that really always sticks out to me is is towards is the ending. You know, like when he finally shows up and, like, just takes a big old bite out of the boat. And, um, and I always can never remember. Like you said, Kyle, you never know if it's, like, you remember if you're remembering the movie or uh, someone making fun of the movie or something or someone taking a riff off it. But, like... That's when he ate one of them too, right? If I'm not mistaken. I thought so. See, I, yeah, it's fun, like not really knowing, but I, I think he takes one of the crewmates at that point, and it, it's not the same scene where he's like where he says the bigger boat line because that's a little earlier in the movie. But yeah, I think when he fully shows up and takes that chunk out of the boat, he either kills one of the crew or like takes off their leg or so because it's like the most for for a for a horror movie or whatever it's pretty restrained in like the gore and i think that's like the bloodiest scene is when he like attacks yeah like the, if i'm like the blood just like just starts creeping into the the water it's, the boat's just like kind of broken from what i remember i i'm excited to see exactly what happens um so but yeah you know those are the things that really stick out to me and of course we have to say i mean the one line that i can remember is of course we're going to need a bigger boat it is one of the most quotable lines. You can say it about so many things. Even when it doesn't make sense, it makes sense. Okay. We're <laughs> always going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. And like many like iconic movie quotes, I could be misremembering this. I'll obviously research for the next segment, but I think that was an improvised line. I think that that scene, you know, he sees the shark and he, he has that reaction and comes over. And I, I don't know if there was like an unscripted moment there or there was a different line. I think if I remember right, that was an unscripted line that he just said off the dome, which I love stories like that. I love when lines that are now considered like really iconic lines 
are, you know, like, hey, I'm walking here from Midnight Cowboy. Same thing. That was a genuine reaction from that character, the actor, just hitting a, a taxi and saying that. Um, so I love when that happens in movies. I'll have to look it up and see if I'm wrong. I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that that is the line. I don't even know if I could name another line from the movie because that's the one that just always jumps to my, my head. I love it. All right. Well, I believe that's, you know, <clears throat> all we have to say about Jaws pre-watch. And now we're going to bring in our lovely producer, Anna H., to hear some predictions about the movie she has never seen, Jaws. We're going to need a bigger podcast because now we are joined by one other person, our lovely producer, Anna H. Today, the H is for holy crap, that's a shark. Anna, how are you? Great. I've been uh, catching up on Shark Week. On yes. Discovery Plus. Fantastic. Uh, it was emceed by The Rock. So pretty exciting stuff this round. And I'm excited to talk about Jaws. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love that. Very topical. Um, other than Shark Week, before we talk about Jaws, do you have a wreck of the week? Movie, book, TV show, podcast, NPR news, radio, article, wh- whatever you got. What's your, your wreck of the week? So I literally just got back from the library for uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, the prequel by uh, Suzanne Collins. Because I believe they're coming out with a movie sometime soon. I don't know the exact date, but that's my wreck. Who doesn't love the Hunger Games? Of course, we are incredibly biased. So (laughs) This is a very pro-Hunger Games books podcast. I don't know about the movies. Maybe that can be an argument for another day. But uh, that's intriguing because I... Uh, yeah, I, I love some of them. Um, I've heard very good things about that book, and I'm very excited about the movie. It seems like it's been a very quick turnaround from the book coming out to them announcing a movie. So that gives me faith that it's a good book. Um, yeah, very exciting. Uh, all right. I think it's time to talk about some sharks, specifically a shark movie called Jaws. Anna, what is your experience with this movie? We talked about this with The Fifth Element. What are some things you've heard? I mean, it's obviously a bigger movie than The Fifth Element, which is more of a cult classic. You know, the, Jaws is a just considered a classic. Uh, what, are, what are some of the things you've heard about this movie? So the only thing I really know about this particular movie is obviously the theme song um, and the fact that it was directed by Steven Spielberg and that there's a shark. And that's really all that I know. Um, that and I think it was like the highest grossing film until like Star Wars came out in 77. Um, and, you know, there was like the Bob's Burger episode with like the robotic shark that had, a, I'm assuming, a lot of Jaws references. Um, if they killed the shark by like loading it up with ice cream, I'm very on board with that. Uh, but yeah, that is really all that I know. I don't really know the main cast. Uh, literally just know the director and the the gist and that's it. Okay. That that honestly, I don't know if Damon will agree with me or not, but that is the perfect amount of information to know before going into this movie. Um to get as close as you can to like what general audiences had when they saw it in the theater because I feel like we'll never have that experience with the movie that came out in like the 70s. Um but to know that little and to go in I think is perfect. Uh you know it's Spielberg, so this is fun. Maybe give us like, you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot and have, have like have you rank Spielberg movies, but, you know, favorite, maybe two favorite Spielberg movies and where you think this movie is going to fall. Oh, God. Um. OK, I just have to think about what Spielberg movies I know off the top of my head. Um. 
said he didn't want to put me on the spot, but you did. I know. I'm terrible. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming we are excluding, like, Indiana Jones from this whole (laughs) franchise, right? Those are are all his movies, so those absolutely count. I mean, for for me, like, those are, like, the top-tier movies. I mean, Temple of Doom, maybe not so much. Uh, hot take. I really enjoyed Catch Me If You Can and The Terminal. I know they're not, like, the best movies he's oh, done. Those are delightful movies. Love those movies. I, I, I wouldn't say, like, they're, like, the top-tier Spielberg movies, but they're pretty good. Uh, let's see. West, the new West Side Story that came out was, honestly, I think, that was the one of the few remakes, if not the only remake, that I thought was better than the original. Hot take. Wow. Um, I also really loved Hook. I know it's like a kid's movie, but oh, no, it was a banger. Bangerang, if you will. But, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously he's done other movies, but those are the ones that stick out in like the forefront of my mind. And I know our friend Richard is going to come at me because I did not mention Jurassic Park, but... <laughs> well, we will have to hold on to that until the episode after this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to tell you what my ranking was, and I was like, wait, this is a trap. Hold <laughs> you on. almost fell hold for it. it. <laughs> I was close. I was. It's okay, Damon. I know Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is number one. It's fine. It's all right. Um, True. Wait, at, so at least... I think... Refresh my memory. I think Jaws was like one of the first movies he ever did, right? Yes, it was uh, 1975. I think Close Encounters of the, of the Third Kind came before. Because no, was that after? I think it was 77. Oh, okay. Yeah, 77 or 78 was Close Encounters. So it's possible. I mean, I know Duel. That movie, like Duel. No one has seen Duel, but Duel came out in 72, and I think was his first like mainstream release. But he did a Murder by the Book. Interesting. In okay. Apparently. Uh, Sugarland Express, I think, was also one of the yes. ones he ever did. Sugarland Express was there. Um, but Jaws is largely considered like his first hit and his like the first movie that established him as like a you know a, a big director. Um, yeah. So this is good. You, you, this is so. This is why I love the series already because you don't know like basically anything about the plot. You don't know characters. Um, all right, this could be fun. This is going to take some Googling that I'm going to do. Uh, Damon, you should take over for a second while I look up these images because I, I want to do a quick game for us real quick. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, but Anna, essentially everything, have you ever seen anything shark related? Do you just assume it's a Jaws reference? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Because it's the first one that I personally know of in pop culture. I mean, I'm sure that there's other, you know, shark movies out there. Um, except for Sharknado. I feel like that's kind of like a, its own little weird franchise. <laughs> masterpiece is the word you're looking for. Masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, masterpiece is, is that word. Yep, sure is. No, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, Jaws created, um, you know, multiple subgenres. One of them is the shark movie. We get, you know... Um, Several, you know, you get the Meg, you get Sharknado and its whole franchise. Um, and I guess, you know, I would even consider Piranha, you know, just like the the Creatures Underwater kind of movie. Uh, I think we don't get Piranha without Jaws. So, um, yeah. Do you think that maybe Spielberg pulled inspiration from like the older Bond movies? Because wasn't there like a shark in like Thunderball? 
Um, You're asking the wrong person here, Anna. I don't. I know. I'm just kind of like spitballing off the top of my head. I'm just trying to think because those are the only ones I can really think of other than uh, King Shark. Which obviously I don't think counts, even though we we stand King Shark on this podcast. And <laughs> oh, I love King Shark. King Shark's the best. Uh, also, everyone watch Harley Quinn season three. It's so good. Yes, I forgot to mention that because I haven't started it yet, but I know the first three episodes are out, and I'm very excited. They're they're fantastic. It's it's just like jumping back into bed. It's just like ah, oh, you know, it just feels right. It just feels comfortable. It's the exact same, but uh, it's it's great. All right. Um, okay, so Anna, I'm going to send you three character pictures, and you have to tell me who you think is who off of the three names that I give you. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to send these in a message on Facebook real quick. Okay. Okay. Let me so I'm going to give you three character names, and then I'm going to send you three images, and you got to match them up. All right, I'm excited. All right. We have Chief Brody. We have Hooper. And we have Quint. Those are our three characters. And now here come your pictures. Okay. Are you going to tell me which one is which? Or do I have to mix and match? You've got to match the picture to the character. Who's who? So for those at home, this isn't very interactive. But if you've seen the movie, you know who these three people are. Uh, Damon and I managed to mention all three of them without knowing. (laughs) Because Damon, I'll be honest, before when we were talking about the three of these, I don't know if I could have matched these up myself before I just Googled them. Um, But now I have the information that we needed. We're going to see if Anna can match up these three characters to their pictures. Okay. Um... I believe in you, Anna. You got this. Use the force. Okay. I'm just, I'm looking at them really quick, so I want to make sure I can. Also, shout out to Richard Dreyfus for putting in the work since 1975. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay. So I feel like the guy with the cigarette is, like, giving me off Brody vibes. I don't know why, but he is. Um, the guy in the hat. Kind of looks like a. Hmm. You know what? The guy in the glasses. I'm gonna go with Hooper, um, only because he reminds me of Stranger Things, and that's literally the only reason why. I don't know why, <laughs> but he just feels like a Hooper to me. So I guess that means like the guy with the hat is Quint. All right. So Damon, should we tell her, or should we wait till she watches the movie? Because I have her score. Obviously, but no, 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 surprise let's me, do surprise me. Movie. Yeah, right. let's surprise her so she can find out what she watches. Um, okay, okay, I also had some questions, some prediction questions. Okay, Anna, okay, who dies and who survives? Ooh. Okay, I feel like the shark is probably a given, like, the shark is gonna die, right? Um, hmm. I don't know. Out of the three, the three guys we just showed you, on the boat, you know, who who dies, who survives? Okay, well, the guy with the glasses seems like he's too crazy to die, so I don't think I think it's going to be the guy with the hat. I forgot what I said his name is. He's got I, beautiful baby blues. I feel like he's just going to be devoured. 
<laughs> one felt like just literally just like inhale him unhinges the jaw the shark's gonna unhinge his jaw like a, an anaconda or like a snake and just swallow him whole. <laughs> i love that we're using maul darth maul uh philosophy and being too crazy to die i appreciate that and i want to assign that to every fictional character ever this guy's too crazy to die he's unhinged Every movie's got one, right? Like, I don't care what kind of movie it is. Even if it's a cartoon, there's always, like, the crazy character. In comparison to all the other ones. All right, and how about our third guy? The, uh, I believe, like, the Sideburns guy? Is, is the lo- one that's left? Does he die or one, survive? One that is left, who I will not name for mystery's sake, is the guy with the cigarette in his mouth. Oh, okay. Um... I think he's going to live and then he's going to die a tragic death uh, with lung cancer. That's that's my prediction. You're not going to see it in the movie. But that's 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 the epilogue, the sequel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I guess just took a dark turn. Uh, about the we're talking about someone being devoured by a shark and like lung cancer's the dark turn here. Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Which one's more likely, honestly? <laughs> Shark attack, obviously. Okay, Anna. Since we did this last time, let's let's try it again. Give a us a very bold prediction of something that you think will happen in the movie. And this time, you can't say something too predictable, like say a shark eats somebody. You can't do that. But if you can oh, predict no. something. That happens in this movie. You can choose the next one again. But I don't think you're going to. So let's see what you got for this one. Okay. Well, obviously, like, somebody's going to get eaten by a shark. So, like, that's too easy. I feel like shark cage prediction, also too easy. Based on the photo that I saw, clearly it's going to be on a boat somewhere. Again, too easy. Um... I, I'm either going... See, I'm torn between one or two things. And I don't know which one to pick. Like, there's a really chaotic one I could pick, but then there's, like, the easy one. And I think I'm going to go with chaotic one. I want somebody to get, like, harpooned, right? Like, the old school, like, Ahab, just, like... Instead of harpooning the shark, I want somebody to, like, accidentally get harpooned. Right? Like... They're, they're going to throw it, and then somebody just accidentally, like, dies in front of it, or, like, there's a big wave, and the shark, like, forces the boat over, and then someone just, like, gets it right in the stomach. <laughs> I don't I think it's going to happen, but I, I that's what I'm going to predict. Someone's going to get harpoon, speared, something. I think that's a pretty dang good prediction, personally. And uh, I can't wait to see if it happens or not, because I honestly can't remember. So I I'm going to find out just like you, Anna. Um, Kyle, did you have any uh, prediction questions to ask for Anna? Uh, well, one, yeah, I'm with you. I genuinely don't remember if that happened. I laughed when she said it, but then it was like, wait, does that happen? <laughs> so I'm, very I'm just trying to think of like what would be chaotic because I mean, the easier option would be like, oh, the shark's gonna fight the boat and like the boat's gonna break. I don't know if that means it sinks or they're like dead in the water. But I'm like, let's go with the crazy option. <laughs> Gotta go with the wild card. I love it. Um, I'm very excited to see if someone gets harpooned or speared. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that that's it. That's the good prediction. We should stick with that one. Um, 
let's get your we already kind of matched up and looked at who is who see if you're right on that do you have a prediction on who you will come away like who's your favorite character leaving this movie Hmm. i feel like it's going to be the guy with the cigarette whatever his name is i don't know why they're about those aviators his hair's all askew devil may care he's just smoking a cigarette out in the middle of the ocean like (laughs) dead look in his eyes yeah, I think he's gonna, we're going to be besties by the end of this. We're going to go grab some beers or something. Well, of course, you're going to be besties until his life tragically ends due to lung cancer is, is what's going to happen. Um, yeah, it, listen, <laughs> it could be like a good 20, 30 year friendship we have in front of us. We don't know. That's beautiful. I love that for you. Um, well, these are excellent predictions. Uh, and I guess one final one that we didn't really do for the fifth element, but we try to go in these as unbiased as possible. Anna, do you think Jaws will survive the nostalgia trip? I think so. Considering it kicked off Spielberg's career, pretty much, I think it'll stand the test of time. Everyone knows the Jaws theme song, and I feel like it's gonna have some sort of like Hitchcock vibes to it. So yeah, I think I think we're gonna go off really well here. Okay. Well, I guess we will be back after this break. Some magic podcasting, and you'll be we'll be hearing from us in, in no time at all. We'll be right back after this break. And we're back. Hey, guys. And we just made it. We survived a vicious shark attack on board the Orca. And we're here to talk about it. Yes, we just watched Jaws. Some of us for the first time in a while. And for one of us, the first time ever. Anna, Anna H., how you doing today? How you feeling? Uh, I'm a little scarred from watching Jaws as I was texting you guys last night. <laughs> but I'm doing good otherwise. How are you guys doing? Not too bad, you know. Um, I very much enjoyed this movie, and you know, let's. We just wanted to dive in, so to say, you know, with the shark tank, the shark cage, and everything. So, Anna, give us your your thoughts. What did you think of Jaws for your first watching experience? Okay, excluding the fact that I am not a horror person, and this movie was very difficult for me to get through. It was beautifully done. I understand why this movie kicked off Spielberg's career. Um. And I understand why there are a lot of elements taken from this and placed into later movies. The soundtrack, like the score, particularly the Jaws theme, was so creepy. And it was used very well. Like in the beginning, I was like, am I supposed to be like turned on by this? Like, I know there's no shark or anything. And it's just like the intro to the movie. But like, this is great. Um, John Williams and and Steven Spielberg definitely put the music in the right spots. it, I, it was phenomenally done. I understand like why this blockbuster is so important to cinema. I'm glad I watched it. I don't know if I ever watch it again, <laughs> just because of a me thing. Um, because I I just can't do horror. Good stuff. I mean, I'm glad you actually enjoyed it. You know, even though you are probably, you know, scarred from it for life. But <laughs> you know, we're 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 very happy that you agreed to do that for us. Um, you know, I gotta say, I'm, I'm in the boat of the bigger boat, so to say, as <laughs> that I very, very much enjoyed this movie way more than I probably thought I was going to on this rewatch. Um, as I had said before, it's been, it's been years. I re- really didn't remember much about it and rewatching it's like, first off the, the very beginning scene, I didn't remember. Oh yeah. The dude just like took a nap 
on the beach. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm just, I'm really drunk. And she's like, Chrissy, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's all I could think of, Kyle, was uh, was that. Uh, no spoilers. Um, but, and then she's just like, hey, come on, dude, come on out. And then she just gets nommed on. Um, I didn't remember it happening that way. And then we get to meet the mayor, who's just a sack of shit. And it's just, it's all about that dollar bill, okay? Uh, and it's just, it's a really great slow build of a movie that, like, by the time you get to where we need to be, that the three guys out in the in the uh, water trying to catch the shark, it's just, you're ready. You're ready to see everything that happens. And it, it really doesn't let up at that point. Um, I, I love the chemistry between the three guys on the boat. I mean, Hooper... Brody and Quint, um, just then when they were drinking and, and singing together, was just a a really big, big favorite of mine for that movie. That, that was great. And just great tension building, okay? Everything with the shark I thought was just perfectly, perfectly put, put where it needed to be. The music was, I mean, John Williams knows what he's doing. I have to say, you know, the music was surprisingly optimistic and almost adventurous, like when they're chasing, chasing down Jaws, like when he's got the barrels on his back, and it's like it almost feels like oh they're on like an adventure. They're, they're you know they're off to find some buried treasure almost. It's it's very uh, heartwarming um, up until you finally get to the when Jaws finally really rips into him. Uh, you really get some great deep creepy music going on. I just I just it was it's done in such a way that. You're into it the entire time. You want to see exactly what happens and just great performances by everyone, really. Um, and I, I just had a great, great time. Definitely see why this movie is so important to so many people and why it did what it do- did and why people still watch it to this day. I I think it's just really fantastic watch. Uh, Kyle, were you really digging Jaws this time around? What did you think? Yeah, Um I think there's a level of like hesita- hesitation or like almost fear going into rewatching a, a classic like this. Um, and I was really like, I was really excited to rewatch it. I was very worried it wasn't going to hold up or something about it was going to be, you know, I was worried it would just feel underwhelming after all the hype and all the pressure and having not watched it since I was, you know, maybe like 10 years old. And it's still, I mean, it's still just as thrilling, just as exciting, um, just as effective. I I love the beach and I watched this movie and I was like I could skip it for a while like I <laughs> I can't see myself going back for a little bit um it's just yeah it's so good it, it is a testament to I think what makes great movies and like, like simple is better right like that the score for one Damon you talked about how like it's very adventurous in some parts and I love that but when like you talk about the iconic Jaws theme that's just two notes and like I love that John Williams knew what he was doing and knew how to like effectively use those two notes. And now that's considered one of the most iconic themes of all time. Um, I kind of like joked about it in the first segment and it like, it is kind of a popular, like not fan theory, but like thing that people say about this movie. Jaws is absolutely a Western. Um, I mean, it kind of defies genre, right? Cause it's, you know, hybrid, like a horror plus a summer blockbuster Note for note, beat for beat, absolutely a Western. I mean, Chief Brody is basically your your brand new police chief uh, in this small knit or, you know, tight knit town. 
Um, you've got Quint, who is kind of the, the grizzled John Wayne veteran who's had his encounter with the unseen enemy before. And you've got Hooper, who's like the young gunslinger ready to prove himself. So you've got all like the character tropes. And then the way that like, especially if you look at Brody, he's taking it seriously, but he's not fully invested until it happens to him personally. until his son is uh, affected by the shark and then it you know becomes personal. And of course, that's. That goes beyond Westerns. That's just a trope in movies in general. But um, it's just it, beat for beat. It very much feels like a perfect kind of modern Western. And I have I'm sure we all do, but I, I have issues with Westerns in general because of the problematic nature of a lot of their depictions of Native Americans. And, you know, it's a, it's a genre that does not age well in a lot of ways. So that's why I love Jaws, because it's like it takes the great parts of the genre and leaves behind some of the, the aged and the antiquated problematic parts. Um, you even have the mayor, right? Who is like Damon said, just an absolute piece of shit and is only cares about money and is kind of like the old frontier mayor who is oblivious to the attacks that are happening on his town and is like, wants to just keep people coming back to his town and, and only cares about money. That's all, all he cares about is the, is the bottom line. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a movie that it, it holds up so well. It's still so tense and and builds that suspense so perfectly um anna had a great call we will talk about the prediction soon but another prediction that she made that wasn't the prediction was like i expect some hitchcock vibes going in and that was definitely the vibe i had with it the way that you know hitchcock was considered the master of suspense and so the way that this movie also um builds the the suspense for basically the entire movie i mean it's, it's kind of two halves of movie where the first half is more of a this unseen terror is happening. And then the second half is them kind of encroaching on its, its territory and finding it where it lives. Um, I will say too, I know that ratings were a little different back in the day. This is a PG movie and Quint's death is fucking brutal. Like I do not remember (laughs) that, that death being as bloody as it was. Uh, Definitely caught me off guard. Um, Yeah. It just so damn effective. I, agree with Damon. I love when the three guys are just kind of hanging out and being bros <laughs> and just like talk like I, it's also like character building, right? Like when you talk about Quint's backstory and the reason why he's so hellbent on finding sharks and the way he's like kind of looked them in the eyes and you get like Jon Snow and the Night King vibes like he's like he has seen this thing before and he wants to fight it and kill it. Um, yeah, just so damn effective and like it's still as good as as the the first time I saw it when I was ten years old. Like I was, it, people say this a lot, but I felt like I was ten years old again watching the movie. Um, but yeah, did you all have any other thought? Like, there's so much to kind of like unpack and talk about. I know we can jump into some stuff that you mentioned earlier, Damon. But um, you know, we we mentioned some favorite characters. It's a pretty small cast. So is has has that changed for you, Damon? Like, what was your who was your standout going into this and and leaving the experience? standout wise? I mean it's really hard to go between anyone in the, the main three. Okay. I just think they work really well together. Um, I, I, I feel like I gravitate towards Quint just because of how absurd and, and out there he is. Like, you know, everyone's just like, you know, they've heard, they know about him. They've heard of him. Like when he does the freaking uh, nails on the chalkboard, like who the, who, who's this guy? Like, like, you know, when you introduce your, yourself into a movie doing that, it's like, okay, where are we going? And it's just, he's out there. And 
I, for some reason, I just love when he, he would kept singing his farewell and adieu, you know, his Spanish ladies. And it's just like, what? Why? But he just, that was his song. And it helped him out when it needed to. And just, he had those those eyes that would just kind of stare out into nothing. Like, he's seen some, he has seen some shit. Uh, and he tells us what, what shit he's seen. And so I just, I just really loved him. But really just the way the three interacted, like him and and Hooper with that back and forth is maybe one of my favorite parts of the movie. They don't really like each other. They are definitely different kind of people, but then working together and, and it's just like, you know, when, when Quint goes you and you Hooper comes out of the water and he's just like, he doesn't even say anything, but you just can tell he's like, he's just, he's like, damn. It's like, you know, he didn't want to see him die. Thankfully he didn't get him seen eaten a whole, you know, but I just I love the three, but probably Quint would be my favorite out of them. Um, what about you, Anna? Do you have a favorite uh, in the movie? Any standout performances? Oh, it's definitely Quint. The man is just so unhinged, and when you really compare Jaws to Moby Dick, he is Captain Ahab, right? Um, and you know, just hearing his story about you know going down on what was it, the Indianapolis? I think was the name of the ship. Um, and just being able to relate that historical event into a film just made the movie seem more real, right? And that monologue was amazing. I actually rewound it a couple of times to listen to it, but um, I was really upset when they killed him off. I mean, obviously that's given the, the character vibe he was putting off, that's how he had to go. Because after the shark died, like what what is he gonna do with his life, right? It makes sense for the chief to go back because it's like, oh, he's got a family, right? Um, I figured it was either going to be him or the uh, the marine biologist. What was his name? Hooper, right? Um, yeah, I I was just like watching that scene through my fingers when Quint died. I was like, oh god, it's so graphic. <laughs> it's beautifully done, though. I loved it. Uh, so one note about that monologue too. Well, two things. I think I always love stories about like iconic lines from movies being just on the spot. One, I mean, the big you're going to need a bigger boat is ad-libbed by Brody. Um, I think that they, really? they set him up to, they, he, they told him what the scene was going to be and they gave him an outline, but they didn't really give him what the line was going to be. And so they just filmed his very real reaction to the, you know, the, the, the prop for the shark. And yeah, he walked back and, and gave that line and Spielberg was like, that's the one. Um, and then, that monologue that Quint gives, which I agree is just fucking incredible. Uh, it's cra- It has a really interesting backstory. So it was written up initially by like two different playwrights that Spiel- Spielberg knew. Like he wanted to go, uh, he and the screenwriters wanted to outsource some other people and, and really get the monologue right. They wrote it, brought it to the set, tried it out. Um, it wasn't really working. The actor for Quint went home and like was already working on his character. He wrote up his own kind of version of the monologue, brought it back to set, delivered it. And they were like, that's the one like, you know, your character. This is the one we're going with. Um, and I I always love stories like that with movies like this. There's a reason it's so iconic. And a lot of the times, like, yes, people have their jobs on the set of a movie. Screenwriters have their jobs. Directors have their jobs. Actors have their jobs. But sometimes like like it's just like lightning hits you know lightning in a bottle kind of happens you know like I, I just that's a once in a lifetime kind of thing 
Um, and I think that's what makes the movie so special is like it, it was a very small crew and they all were just kind of like flying by the seat of their pants, <laughs> probably not thinking that it was going to be this huge blockbuster that it ended up being. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love stories like that. I would also I think we're probably all three. Yeah. Quint fans. Um, he's just a crazy son of a bitch. Like he's he's wild. I, I think that. It's also too, like more behind the scenes stuff. Sorry, I kind of went off the deep end, huh, pun intended, um, of like behind the scenes stuff watching this because it was so fascinating to me. But like the actor who played Quint actually didn't make a single dollar off of this movie because he was already um, like wanted for tax evasion. So he had to use his salary from this movie to pay all that off. <laughs> That's wild. I did not know that. It also like works, right? Because it works so well for the character of Quint. Like, of course he would be. <laughs> just That's fucking... so unhinged, and I'm here for it. Yeah, the exact chaotic energy we need for someone to play Quint. Um, no, he was great, and I agree with like the dynamic between the three of them. He and Hooper really clashed early on, and I love that. That and uh, another thing, like I think on set there were stories about how. Richard Dreyfus and uh, I figured his name, but the guy who plays Quint really didn't like each other, like while they were filming the movie. And I feel like that also happens a lot. You know, like the X-Files happened with um, with our two leads on the X-Files. It happened uh, in Batman Forever with Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. Like Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey. And I feel like that kind of bleeds through into the movie. It definitely does here. Like Hooper and Quint really do clash and it feels very uh, genuine. Um, and so I'd love to hear stories about like what it was like for Brody having to play like the peacemaker, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I love stuff like that. Cause I think that it, we've watched the finished product now and it, it really does bleed through and it makes it kind of a timeless movie with, with stuff like that going on behind the scenes. Um, yeah, but like now that we've, you know, we've, we've all watched it. It's now fresh in the memory. Any standout moments favorite scenes maybe ones that like there are very iconic scenes like the opening and stuff like that what was one that stood out to you that like for for you damon and for me that we didn't remember at all or for you anna that you didn't even hear people talk about like what was a, a standout moment for y'all okay so one for me is it's it's the scene that i it gets talked about but not really because all anyone talks about is we're going to need a bigger boat right it's the iconic line but that whole scene pretty much gets the movie really going it, it, it kicks it up a notch he's throwing the chum out you know he's just like oh, i don't want to fucking do this he's like and then he's like oh crap <laughs> there's a shark right beside me crap and he's he literally is just like staring at all does the the walk back into inside the boat he's like we're gonna need a bigger boat and then that just starts you know the whole them really first seeing just how big jaws is he's like oh it's like that's a 20 footer no 25 footer and Hooper's trying to get a picture it's like come on stop my darling stop and it's just and that's when they they have to get the uh the rope tied the knot on the barrel and get the shot and it's just really great tension whether they can get it and then they start the chase they're like okay you know we'll see the barrel except you know he drags the barrel down underwater it's just that whole scene from the from the chum to to when he goes under underneath the water is just so fun, so intense, and really sets the mood for the rest of the movie. And I just, I, I love that scene. Um, what about you, Anna? So for me, it was actually the scene when 
the shark goes into what was it like the pond or the bay and the chief's son is just like on the boat and I'm like freaking out in the background right I'm just sitting there I was like oh my god this little kid's gonna get eaten and it's gonna be devastating um luckily they ate an adult so it wasn't that bad um I'm surprised that they made the choice to like not have him injured like lose a finger or something like that um I'm happy they didn't but yeah that was that was honestly for me the most terrifying moment in the movie other than the fact like the dog disappearing which we never saw again poor baby (laughs) uh but yeah I think that scene and that tension with like a father and a mother just running to like protect their kid and they're completely helpless. I, that's scary, right? Cause that's completely out of your control. And he told him to go into the bay. So we're just sitting there looking at the movie, like crap, this kid's going to get eaten. And he was just trying to be responsible and like, keep him out of the water. It was, it was really sad. Um, honestly, a great death though. When that guy in the bay got eaten instead of Michael. I feel bad for him, but uh, better him than the kid, to be quite honest. Um, And then you just see, like, the shark go out to sea. But I really, um, another thing I wanted to note was the usage of barrels in the movie, I think was really smart, because barrels are cheap, right? And you're able to actually show that on the water without showing, what was it, like, a? I don't know if the shark was a puppet or a robot, Um, but you're able to show movement in the water without blowing your budget out of the water I think they did actually go over budget for this movie but yeah I I think it was just a brilliant idea because not only was it a plot piece it actually added a very great visual to it that's a really good point I never really thought about that way like that it, it serves a function in a very practical sense but also like you're saying it does a great job of establishing like the threat that the shark has um i want to shout out a scene pretty early on in the movie that i again you know hadn't watched this movie in years did not remember at all uh and it's employs like one of my favorite if you're making a suspense or like a horror movie or thriller i love when something really scary happens but you see people's reactions to it instead of the thing itself because your imagination can just run run wild and the scene it's one of the first scenes that we see hooper in when he comes in and inspects uh, Chrissy's body. We see like a hand, but we don't see the full uh, effects that the shark had on her body. We just see Hooper's reaction to it, and he's like practically like sick. Pra- you know, practically has to excuse himself to vomit. And it's just very. It's a it's a genuinely like chilling moment because, like I said, like it reminds me of um, the movie Seven. I I can't remember. It's another movie that could probably qualify for this series because I haven't watched it in a long time, but. Um, one of the seven deadly sins happens and a witness is brought in for interrogation and we never see the crime scene. We just hear his account of it and like the way he's like breaking down, describing it. I think that makes it so much scarier because your, your imagination and with the description of it can kind of run wild. And I think that scene, yeah, Richard Dreyfuss delivers it really well. All the cast is great in this, but he, yeah, he, especially in that moment is like very, very convincing and it's a genuinely like a very chilling moment. Um, but I love what y'all mentioned too. Yeah, that initial attack in the uh, in the bay is fantastic. Um, Damon kind of clocked this before, you know, in the first segment. It we really don't see much of the shark until kind of that third act. 
and it's just done so well whether it is like with the barrels like anna mentioned or just you know the music cues or kind of the surrounding elements the implication of of what the shark is doing but never really fully seeing it to the point where when we do see it in action it's so much more effective and scarier um and yeah i gotta shout out quint's death again because it's just it comes out of nowhere and it it took me by surprise like it i remembered him dying but i didn't, did not remember it being in that brutal of a fashion and yeah that's when we see jaws at his most like brutal is is that scene so uh you know phoenix song for for jaws and for our guy who died in place of michael you know and we, i'm with anna i'd rather it be him than michael but you know sorry dude um <laughs> Sorry, you were fish bait. Uh, so let's see. Um, standout lines. Any other than, you know, that we're going to need a bigger boat. Any other quotes that y'all, any like crazy Quint lines that y'all remember liking? So I got a, I got two and actually neither are Quint. Okay. They're both from our guy Brody. Okay. Who I think is, is the glue of the movie. I feel like if Brody didn't work, this movie doesn't work, okay? You need this this guy who's really serious and just like, <laughs> like he's on the beach and just like he knows about the shark attack and like oh we're all on the beach and his wife's trying to give him a, a you know shoulder massage like come on just chill out a little bit. He has no chill whatsoever, and that's why. <laughs> I mean, just seeing the his whole movie trajectory like by the end of it, he's like on the top of a sinking boat, just took out a shark and he's, he's like he's alive but he's just like. He he just knows he's like I really need a cigarette right now. That's all he's thinking. Like I'd need more, like two or three at least. Um, but the two lines are before they go off for the the big uh, hunt. His wife asks him, "What do I tell the kids? Tell them I'm going fishing." It's just like simple, but really just a really good line for this movie. And then one of the last lines of the movie when he's trying to take out Jaws and he's like, "Smile, you son of a." like damn why is that not a bigger more iconic line to be honest that is that is grade a catchphrase right there um i i I love those two lines and they really stuck out to me so or kyle how about you uh there were a lot of just they're not even like memorable quotes but i now see them so prevalently in like pop culture there's uh uh the end of quint's monologue when he is first introduced when he's scratching that chalkboard um you know ten thousand for me by myself for that you can get the head the tail the whole damn thing that's an episode of psych like when they with their their jaws episode the head the hit the tail the whole damn thing is the the title um and there's one where he uh i think it's the scene that damon you're talking about when he's got a cigarette on the beach uh brody does and he's like not relaxed at all and some guy with this awful like bucket hat tries to tell him to calm down and he says that's some bad hat harry <laughs> you know like i just line. <laughs> so good and bad hat harry is now a film production uh company you know uh created by brian singer so some not great uh aging there but you know i love that there's so much in hollywood now that is kind of a callback to just random throwaway quotes in this in this movie um but anna what about you what were some of the lines that you took away uh actually hooper i think had some of the best lines um 
I forgot what part it was, but Hooper was like, do you want a pretzel? Uh, I just like lost my mind. Like these guys are out shark hunting for like this man eating shark and he's just offering him snacks. I don't know why I thought it was hilarious. Um, and then the scene with like, uh, they're like comparing their tattoos and their scars and stuff. And then obviously Hooper's drunk and he points at his heart and he goes, Mary Ellen Moffat, she broke my heart. <laughs> um, let's see. What was? Oh, uh, and then there was one with Quint where he's like, "Back home, every man, he's gonna have an attack when he sees." <laughs> it was really funny too. Spanish lady, like every time that song came up, I started. It was kind of reminded me of like, um, from like Game of Thrones. Speak like if you the word Dornish, feel like that. That would fit in very well. Uh, I also there was one I forgot about. It's like the very last lines of dialogue in the movie um, when Brody and Hooper are trying to like swim away, and Brody says, "I used to hate the water," and Hooper's like, "I can't imagine why." <laughs> I just love <laughs> like yeah, it's a lot of it gr- gives some great levity to some of these more intense moments. Um, yeah, there's one where I think I think Brody has Hooper over for dinner and he's telling him uh, or like his wife is telling him, you know, Martin hates boats, blah, blah, blah. It's a childhood thing. It's a there's a clinical name for it, isn't there? And Brody is like, yeah, drowning. <laughs> that's the that's the clinical name. <laughs> I was like, mood, that's relatable. Um, yeah, just so many bangers. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, so Jaws is obviously an iconic movie is a very well-known movie like we've been talking about has been kind of uh, not ripped off but a lot of things have, have spawned from from this movie damon mentioned a whole subgenre that has come out other things though like damon what were some things that you kind of clocked watching this this time that you some tropes or whatever that you now notice in in a lot of movies today well of course i mean i'm sure this movie didn't really start it but just the the unhinged guy, the unhinged uh, guy who's seen it all character, you know, the one who has the story, the gleam in his eye, they've seen a lot of shit, and they're there to help the crew or the the main character, you know, get over that hump or, or help them in some important way. The, uh, the aging mentor, uh, it's done so many different times and so many different ways, but, you know, just there's a really fun take on that one with this one. Like, I mean, he's just... You know, can we say how many times he is just unhinged? He, he's the guy who's not all there, and it, it's fun to see him uh, go through it. And, I mean, it's a fun trope for, for a reason. Um, Nothing else too much really stuck out to me that, you know, we didn't know before. Like I said, I mean, the hidden monster trope I mentioned in the first segment of pre-watch, it's just – it's done to perfection in this movie. You – Honestly, whoever came up with the idea, let's make a movie about a shark being the the monster, needs all the money, and I'm sure they have all the money, because it has a built-in, all you can see is the fin, okay? It's there, it's, it's just above the water, that's all you can see, but it's just enough to be like, oh shit, you know, it's there, but you're, you know, what, how big, like, where is it at, you know, it can go underwater at any moment, it's just brilliant and and so i i love the hidden monster trope that it really created and, and gave us um especially because you, 
the effects aren't terrible, but they weren't very good. Okay, um, the shark the shark looked better than I remembered. I will say that. I remember the shark just looking like a a robot, like just like this big cutout. But it actually looked decent. Okay, I'm I'm not going to hate too much on the shark. I will hate on the uh, the dead person in the boat. That was bad. They just need to redo that. That face looks like. I don't even know how to describe what that face looked like. And Spielberg put that in the movie because he thought that was going to be the one that elicited the biggest jump scare in theaters. Like, he was like, this is going to be the one. It's like, oh, what is that? And it was right. I, like, fell out of my chair onto the ground. I was like, I need to pause this movie. I almost had See, a See, there it is. It got her. It, you know, first time watch. It did what it was supposed to do. And you know what? It wasn't even the face. It was the music with the face that did it. That's that's fair. I mean, all the underwater scenes were great. That one, and then the, the cage scene was one of the more intense scenes. And not having seen this movie in a while, I was like, wait, is this where Hooper dies? I was like, does that happen? I don't remember. And then so, like, no, he just goes hides behind some rocks until the movie, until they kill the shark. It's like, that's me. That is so me right there. I honestly probably would have been gone at that point. I would have just been kept swimming, like, maybe he's he's busy. Maybe I'll get to shore, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I, yeah, there's, like, so much that, Maybe this movie didn't directly inspire or like create, but I feel like one, the like the sh- the mayor or the person in charge or whatever who's obsessed with money, like kind of trope or character or archetype, whatever you want to call it, it's done so well in this, and it's definitely, like I said, it's been done before Jaws, but I feel like this does a great job of setting up that trope and why it's so believable. There were parts of this movie where, like, you know, when they're telling the the people that, like, uh, the beach is, you know, closed for, like, a week or whatever, and they were rioting, and I was like, Jesus, this movie is becoming a little too realistic. Like, it's just, you know, it's the idea of, like, this entire crowd of people being told they can't do something and having to stay indoors is, is it was a, it hit a little too close to home. And I feel like the the mayor subplot of that just only being interested in money and like and, and encouraging people while he's at the beach, like go get in the, the one of the most cold blooded scenes has nothing to do with the, the shark is when he's on the beach with, I think it's during the bad hat, Harry scene tells the guy with his kids right there. Like, why aren't you in the water? Go get in the water. And the entire family gets up and, and goes in like that entire family could have been wiped out. And that would have been on the mayor um, because he doesn't, he doesn't care about these like, the people's lives he just wants to make money uh, i honestly thought in that scene it was gonna be like the that guy that got eaten because they just did like such a big focus on him and his family i was like yeah. he's he's the one getting chomped for sure right. but luckily he wasn't yeah it was a good pivot like i i, I like that a lot um and i just think like that and then the use of again not the first time like Plenty of movies before Jaws used music very effectively, but the use of music almost as a character to drive the suspense of a movie, we can definitely pro- we, we can credit that to Jaws. Like that is done so effectively in movies as current as like Nope is still in theaters. I encourage anyone to go see the movie Nope because the the score in that 
almost feels like a, a character in and of its own because it, it really drives the suspense in some of the scenes. Um, but yeah, just like so many things like what Anna, what were some things that you clocked that you, you can see now represented in, in a lot of movies today? Uh, so I, I noticed a couple, but I don't know if they actually originated in this movie. I'm just going to run down a couple of them. Um, like the better die to be killed trope where um, Quint's like, I'm never going to wear a life jacket again. Right. Um, then you had like blood in the mouth. Like when Quint's being like eaten by the shark, his mouth's just all bloody and disgusting. Um, let me see. Uh, I mean, the dirty coward trope, like when people are like screaming and like trying to run out of the water, man just like shoves two of the little kids down on the air mattress and was like trying to get out of the water. I'm like, damn, that is, that is cold blooded. Um, there's also a lot of big foreshadowing stuff, like Quint forecasting his own death. Um, let me see here. I'm, I mean, there's just like a lot of things that were really, really well done. Oh, and kill the lights, right? Like the shark was like attacking the boat and then the power supply just like went off. That's a pretty big horror trope as well, in addition to the radio. Um, yeah. I, there were so many things well done in here. It was, it was phenomenal. Chef's kiss, Stephen. <laughs> Chef's kiss, indeed. Chef's kiss. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, any other final thoughts on this movie before we answer the ultimate question? I feel like this is an easier one this time around. But yeah, I mean, Damon, any any final thoughts on Jaws? Um, I got a I got a couple things I want us to go over. But first, a break. All right, y'all. So. Um, I just, I thought of something while we're going through this, and I felt like this could be a, a pretty fun little category, but 15 seconds of fame, and I, I'd like to shout out the 15 seconds of fame going to our illustrious Yellow Barrels. I don't think Yellow Barrels have ever looked so good. <laughs> I don't think they've ever been used in such a important highlighting way in a movie. Never will they ever get those 15 seconds of fame again. Um, also, farewell on adieu. Um, maybe, maybe it's seen some better days, not to my knowledge. So I just wanted to give it, uh, give a shout out to the lovely song that Quint loved to sing. Uh, did y'all have any ones, even though the, y'all are not aware of this category? This is a brilliant category. I mean, this is great. I can't wait to you to do this more for nostalgia trips. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like. Are we talking about things that are unsung now and like had their biggest moment in the movie Jaws, basically? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm going with. Something that's, you know, that was done really well and it's never going to be uh, maybe used in that way again, you know? I don't, maybe this is me lacking, be ignorant to the rest of his career. Roy Scheider, I mean, incredible yeah. as Chief Brody. And I, I think he's in the Towering Inferno, and he's in a couple other things. But like, this is really his. To steal a, another podcast's term, this is really his apex mountain, right? You know, this is, this is his peak performance. And I feel like we really do not see any of him in in, in the rest of like movies in the seventies and eighties. I agree with that. We should have gotten some more, especially after Jaws happened. It should have. He should have hit a run right here. Um, did you have any? that you wanted to mention, Anna, you can think of? I know she was only on the screen for a short time, but I think her name was uh, Lorraine Gary. I think her performance as the mom was 
fantastic. I wish we got to see a little bit more of her and at least see her on the other end, like frantically, like trying to radio him or see their reunion, like at the end of the movie. Um, like just having them in like a quick embrace at the end of the movie would have been really cool. But yeah, I think her performance was phenomenal. And then also, I just wanted to give a side character shout out to the other mom of the movie. Okay, Mrs. Kinter, who I think in the scene when she slaps the hell out of Brody and just, you know, just like gives us a great like one, two minute performance. I mean, she is distraught after, you know, her son getting eaten. And she's just like, you know, you knew Brody, you know, there's a body in the water last week and you didn't say anything. And she just I that was such a good scene. I, I you know. Imagine we would have gotten a little bit more from Mrs. Kinter, I, you know, so shout out to you. What a backhand that woman had, though. <laughs> she really packs. Yeah, she packs a punch. Um, that's another really, really cool behind the scenes story. Uh, the lady who plays Mrs. Kintner, like several decades after this movie came out, went or visited a seafood restaurant and noticed that the menu had an item called the Alex Kintner sandwich. And, you know, more, that's speaks weird. More. <laughs> I, yeah, kind of strange, little in poor taste, but again, speaks to, I guess, the movie's influence on, like, pop culture. Anyway, she's, she sees that that happens. She's, you know, comments to, like, the people that she played Alex's mother in the original film. Out walks the owner, and it is uh, Jeffrey Voorhees. Weird name, by the way. I'm sure there's a connection there. Uh, but Jeffrey Voorhees, who played her son, who plays Alex Kintner, and they had not seen each other since the original uh, shoot of Jaws in 1974, you know, 75. Stop um, it. I love that. Incredible reunion, right? Like, hey, that sandwich is my son. Oh, my God, the owner is my son. <laughs> uh, yeah, wild stuff. I, I love I lo the older movies we do. The, I think the more insane stories we're going to see like this. But, yeah, I love I love stuff like that. Um the kid, or the the actor being named Jeffrey Voorhees. Now I really, in my head canon, I really hope that uh, Jason Voorhees, you know, that Friday the Thirteenth came out in 1980. So I really hope that was some kind of like homage or shout out to Jaws. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't I? Wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know. I'm actually now that you say that, I remember watching the Friday the Thirteenth um, behind the scenes, like how you know how movies are made, or you know how we made this. And I want to say the Voorhees was named after someone that they knew. Oh, okay. No, if it was I'm from him. Wikipedia, and it says uh, the name Jason is a combination of Josh and Ian, uh, Miller's two sons, and Voorhees was inspired by a girl that Miller knew in high school. Yeah, there you go. See, there you so go. it was from, from real life. So that probably speaks more to that that was probably just a more popular name back then. You know, like Voorhees now, we just forever associate with the Friday the 13th movies. But I guess right. 75, 1980, it was just a common last name. Um, that's cool. I love that. I So, yeah, I don't have a, maybe a, like a shout out side character, but just a, a fun story for, for yours, Damon. The, the fact that they reunited, you know, decades after the, the movie's release. Oh, yeah, but no, that's that's all I got. Okay, I got one more. This could be fun. If you don't got anything out the top of your head, just, we can move on. But if Jaws was made today, what happens? Got any good ones, y'all? Um, I would delete my Letterboxd account and jump into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> um, the yeah, honestly, I... 
It would be something very ironic. I feel like the movie would pretty much be the same. I mean, the gadgets might be a little more high tech, right? Um, like there's obviously not going to be a landline or anything, but I think it it would translate the same. Actually, it would be poor, probably more relevant today considering global warming and sharks are coming up north and attacking, so. That's that's true. Um, the barrels would not be the same. I gotta no, say that the yellow barrels would not be used. They'd have much more high-tech something, you know, some sort of buoys or, or something. So that's one thing. So I'm very glad uh, it was made when it was. Um, yeah, I, feel, I had this thought when I was watching it. I feel like there's a lot of movies that I, I fear the day, but I think it's inevitable that we'll get remakes of you know classics that don't need to be remade um jaws i don't think it's gonna happen because i think right now what we're seeing is instead a lot of movies who are like taking the 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 bones of the story and doing their own take on it or their own twist on it um so like y'all are saying like there would be modern twists on it but i think it would be kind of its own creation with the 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 inspiration from Jaws, you know, like um, taking the unseen monster, taking the maybe even a shark movie, but putting enough of their own spin on it, enough of a modern take on it, maybe bringing in more of like the what Anna said, like uh, global warming and like that kind of part of it, talking about how we shouldn't fuck with, you know, nature is is a great kind of modern take on it. Um but I feel like, yeah, I, I, that's one that I feel okay about because there's a lot of movies like I, Back to the Future. I think the minute Bob Zemeckis dies, they're gonna try and remake that movie, and I just I don't I don't look forward to that day. Um, but Jaws, I think instead they're hopefully like the optimistic part of me thinks that there will be people who instead just make modern takes on the story, which I'm totally okay with. I, I love seeing modern takes on classic stories. Right, I agree. And I mean, really, we've already gotten that with Jaws, like, ad infinitum. Like, I mean, it's, Jaws has really been remade and redone and retooled. It's, you know, it just has different skins. It's done in a different way. It's done with a a monster in space, you know. It's, you know, we, we've seen it. So, just don't remake Jaws, y'all. It, it doesn't need to happen. It really doesn't. Because um, we already have it. And it, it's still, uh, you know... Let's let's I guess go ahead to that uh to that next segment. Um, Anna, does Jaws you know live up to the hype of the first? Oh, it definitely did. A hundred and ten percent. It was better than I thought it was gonna be. I mean, it was a Spielberg movie, so I I, I had imagined it was gonna be good. I didn't think it was gonna be that good. Okay, it lived up to the hype for Anna, Kyle. Did it survive the nostalgia trip for you? Jaws absolutely um, survives the nostalgia trip. It, yeah, I think I think I gave it a five out of five. Like I, it's still just for me. It is a perfect for what they were trying to do. It's a perfect movie. You can there are things that maybe don't hold up well with like effects and and some acting choices that are a little stilted now. But I think for what we've been talking about this entire time, everything that they set out to do, it's still just as effective as it was in 1975. So absolutely survives the nostalgia trip. Yeah, that's a yes for me. Uh, it, it definitely survived the nostalgia trip. It, I kind of want to echo what y'all said. You know, I mean, 
I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I, I did as a kid or, you know, as, as everyone else seems to. But just, like, it reels you in. It really does. It sets the tone. You get to know a, a little bit about Brody and the situation. And it just it doesn't stop. You know, it keeps going to where it needs to. The, the townspeople have their meeting about what they need to do. They're going to close the beach for, like, a day. That, and then they're out they're out back on the beach already for Fourth of July and just living it up. And it just from there it just keeps going. It, it just moves at a very not slow or fast pace. It's a very deliberate pace. It knows exactly where it need, where it wants to be and it, it gets there when it needs to get there. And everything from the music to the performances to to the shark, it's just it's a movie that holds up to this day. Okay, it, it really does, and I'm will probably rewatch it here way more than I was because of that. Um, I don't know if I'd give it five stars. I don't give a lot of movie five stars. Like, I don't even know what I would consider a five star movie. We'll we'll get into that in later podcasts. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that. But it's as far as an old movie, it's one of my favorite movies pre 1980, hands down. It is. It's a masterpiece. It, it really it gets all the acclaim it deserves. So it survived that nostalgia trip for me. All right. Well, that was another super fun nostalgia trick in the books. Uh, Anna, thank you for being a trooper hanging in. This was probably I think Damon said it in our group chat, but this is the scariest movie we'll <laughs> likely put you through. Thank you. <laughs> um, I. Uh... I did have some fun facts I looked up that I would like to share, if that's cool. Yes, please. So apparently the uh, animatronic shark was named Bruce after uh, Spielberg's lawyer, which is probably why uh, there's a shark named Bruce in Finding Nemo. I thought that was really funny. Um, Spielberg invited some friends from Hollywood, including uh, Scorsese, George Lucas, and uh, John Milius to check out the mechanical shark before they started filming. And then uh, Lucas apparently got his head stuck in the shark's mouth because uh, Spielberg grabbed the controls and they clamped the jaw shut. Um, so they had to like pry him loose. I thought that was really funny. Um, and I guess like the shark that they used um, to hang on the dock was actually a real shark. It came all the way from Florida. They packed it on ice. They flew it up. Um, but it was rotting. <laughs> So if you actually look at the actors on the dock, like some of them are making like nasty smelling faces. Um, and uh, Steven Spielberg's Cocker Spaniels are actually in the movie. They're uh, Chief Brody's dogs. So I thought that those were some fun factoids. Those are some, those are really good facts. I did not know most of that. Um, but also before we get out of here, we, we missed one of the most important parts y'all. We got to go over some predictions. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Um, that's so, right. Let's see here. Um, okay. Prediction number one, shark dies. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> um, serious face survives. Okay, first off, let's go back to uh, your predictions of who is who. Um, I was never sent the picture, so I don't know exactly. She, Did you, I, I have them right here, and she was three for three. You three emailed Quint. Was I really? And yeah. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, they, they got their vibes to... very well. Like that Quint just screams Quint. His face just screams Quint. <laughs> um, who was serious face? His... Was that Brody? What's that? Who was serious face? That your descriptor? 
yeah, serious face with the cigarette was Brody. Um, and then the hat gl- was glasses slash hat was was Hooper. Was Hooper? Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, well, you know, well, let's see. You had serious face survives, so you're right on that. Brody, Brody survives. You had Hooper dies. Um, he did not. He just hid. Came close. Came close in that cage. He, he very much came close. And then uh, you, we had the cigarette guy survives but dies of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which is still a possibility. You know, I think I think Rorschider is in Jaws 2 and then in, like, none of the other sequels. So maybe that's still true. You might be correct on that one, too. Good luck. Okay, and then tweet at Spielberg and like ask him to confirm. <laughs> Cause of death. That's what we need. Brody. Exactly. Um, so we can get to the bottom of that one. Um, and of course, your big bold prediction: someone is harpooned. Nope, you missed on that one. The only one harpooned was our guy Jaws, multiple times. Um, didn't really do much to him though. <laughs> I gotta say, um, just was a flesh wound. Um, and then, of course, you know, you said you're, the cigarette guy was going to be your favorite. Um, did that hold to be true? Or, you know, you you you, you kind of swerved to, to Quint, right? Oh, yeah. No, I love Quint. I love how unhinged he is. I wish we got more screen time with him. I agree. Um, but th- those are some pretty good predictions. Uh, you did you did pretty dang well. So uh, good showing. Applause for, for our girl, Anna. Um, but, yeah. Anything else we wanted to say about Jaws? I, I think no. I got a Just watch it. Like, if you're like yeah, us and you it. hadn't seen it in years, now is the time. I hope, our hope with these episodes, I think, is that you'll do what we're doing and, like, maybe stick around for the first segment. And then when we go to break, you take your break and go watch the movie and then come back so you can have a fresh set of eyes on it as well. Yeah. But if you haven't watched it in a while or if you've never seen it, now is your sign to to watch it it's it's worth it it holds up it survives the nostalgia trip for sure it really does um with that being said anna thank you so much for joining us again on another nostalgia trip it's great having you um this was a fun episode i really like doing these i hope we can do a lot more we're starting to build up an idea of all the movies we have seen or haven't (laughs) seen so uh you know if any of y'all have have seen a movie that really you know that you haven't seen in a long time that you maybe we haven't hit us up. We're, we're just looking for to build a really strong ca- catalog for this one. We, we want to keep it going. So with that, just let us know, give us any uh, comments or criticisms on the episodes and any ideas for future ones. And until then, um, Kyle, what do you got for the people? That's right. Next week is a real fun one. Um, it's another episode of the Effies, but not for an MCU project, not for star Wars. We are going to be talking about the brand new Netflix series, the Sandman, It'll be a lot of fun. Um, Damon, as is usual, is beating me in, on the TV front, has already finished the series, <laughs> and I have not even begun it. But I can't wait to dive in. Um, it's my favorite Neil Gaiman book, so I'm very excited. Um, yeah, week after, we've got a really fun original draft, the Backyard Games draft, which will be just a lot of fun. Nostalgia in it of itself, you know, a bit of a nostalgia trip there. And then to round out our month of August, we've got a big one. It is the sitcoms draft. We are going to be drafting our favorite sitcoms. It's a doozy. There's a lot of sitcoms out there. I, I'm probably just gonna drive myself into you know Pepe Sylvia territory, trying to 
uh, come up with my short list, but it'll be fun. It'll be a great way to round out this month. But yeah, until then, we'll we'll catch you all next week. And they don't call me Binger of the Cosmos for nothing, Kyle. But this is what we do. <laughs>